All right, guys, welcome into the latest episode of the Starting 11 podcast. My name is Emilio Pena, and I've got a very special guest with me today. It's Evan Alvary back again. If uh, you know, you've been with us since the beginning, you definitely recognize Evan. If you've seen some of the other players' yeah. content, the basketball content, you, you're definitely familiar with Evan. Um, he's been away studying, grinding hard, getting his finishing up the degree. So, um, fortunately, we were able to have him on for a nice little episode, real quick. Um, Champions League, we're halfway through the uh, group stage qualifications. Uh, three games have been played for every team. So um, probably a good time to kind of evaluate the tables and see how we're doing. And uh, this is pretty convenient for Evan as he's a Bayern Munich fan. We're going to start with Group A. Bayern's yeah. pretty dominant in first place, winning all three games, collecting all nine points. Um, I think, I mean, that for me, I feel like it goes without saying that they're going to win the group, definitely going to qualify based off the fact that they've beaten every team already. Um, the real question is who else is going to qualify because when the, uh, yeah. when the, the teams were already announced, or excuse me, when the teams were announced, people probably assumed there was going to be Manchester United just based off of the, the pedigree, the re- reputation of the team, the history. But um, I thought, I thought it would be Manchester too, because they had a good season last year. So I thought they would be, you know, going on in the Premier League and in, in Europe too. So I thought it would be pretty easy to, for them to end up second. It was kind of scared the first time Bayern faced up Manchester because I thought they would be a threat. And they ended up being, I mean, they scored goals, but we are weak in defense, but they, they are not playing as I would expect it. So that's quite a surprise. Yeah. And, Somehow they're only one point behind Galatasaray with four points and United has three. Um, I, I think for me, I think I, I think Manchester United is ultimately going to qualify. Um, they've kind of picked it up as of late. Uh, Harry Maguire seems to be playing really well again. Uh, Andre Onana um, has been playing well. They both had incredible performances against the against Copenhagen and they're starting yeah. to get a little bit healthier too. Um, so for me, I think Manchester United is ultimately going to get that spot despite Galatasaray um, playing pretty well. There's going to be two very important games for United. Uh, the, the first one being when they'll receive Munich at home, uh, even though they score goals uh, in Munich for the first game, uh, it was still a no match, I think, because Bayern was way better and they could have scored six or seven goals. Um, so when they're going to receive uh, Bayern in Manchester, that's going to be very important. Uh, they need to at least get one point, and and I'm and I'm you know I'm being kind. They need to win uh, if they want to keep a chance, uh, because you know Galatasaray they won't be able to beat Munich in Munich, so that would be an advantage uh, above Galatasaray. And then the second game will be against Galatasaray because they'll be moving in Galatasaray, and we know. Or how hard it is to play in Turkey in, in that atmosphere in Turkey. It's one of the, the hardest in Europe and it's always hard. So these are going to be the two important games. Uh, they should win against Copenhagen, no problem. Uh, uh, I mean, on the paper, they're basically going to win. Uh, but we never know, but normally they should win. So yeah, that game when they'll be receiving Munich and when they'll be going to Galatasaray, especially this one, because if nothing changes in the current situation, Galatasaray will still be the, you know, the main direct opponent to Manchester for qualification in the 16th round of final. So that's going to be a hard game for Manchester. They got to be strong when they go in Turkey because that's going to be a hard one. Yeah, I, I completely forgot about that because the first game was in Manchester when Galatasaray beat them. Um, and like you said, that Munich game, the scoreline 
made it look a lot closer than it was. It was it was kind of a freaky header from yeah. uh, Casemiro, I remember, and then there was just a bunch of stuff going on at the end. But um, Byron definitely was in in the driver's seat the whole time for that. Yeah, game. definitely. So, um, do you think uh, Galatasaray or do you think Manchester United goes through? Um, with the current momentum, I'd say Galatasaray. Um, because honestly, they look strong, and the fact that they will be receiving Manchester at home is going to be, you know, they're going to be in the best situation to beat them and take that advantage they need to keep the second place. So, honestly, I'd say that that's right. They're, they're in a strong position, they have the momentum with them, so why not? Yeah, that's a good point. I think really, if they just pick up one more win and then at least one draw, then they should be able to secure that spot. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with United though, just. Just because I have a feeling, no, uh, no real uh, analytical reason. Just besides, you know, the you know the passing of Sir Barbie Charlton maybe might fuel them a little bit too. Um, but yeah, Gr- Group B. Um, you know, when it when they first announced the groups, Group B kind of looked like Arsenal was going to run away with the group, um, given the other teams. But um, you know, you one of your French teams, not that you support. I'm so them, happy. But, yeah, no, Mons. but it's it's good to be represented by a club like this rather than PSG. It's not normal because PSG should be the first club uh, representing us in Europe due to you know all the money they have in the players. But Lance being an historical club in France and they have kind of a pedigree in Europe, you know, 40 or 50 years ago. It's great to be represented that way with them. It's been the atmosphere in Lance, it's when they received Arsenal, it was amazing. I was watching the game at home and even Arsenal fans were surprised and they were just, wow, this is great. So it was it was an amazing game. And the group, the group is interesting. I'm a bit disappointed by Sevilla. I thought they would be a bit better. You know, they like European competition. But um yeah, apparently it's gonna be Arsenal and Lens. Yeah. And honestly, the way that you um Arsenal has picked up a few injuries, I think Thomas Partey and Gabriel Jesus have both been deemed uh, injured for at least a few weeks. So it, it wouldn't be that shocking if Lons ended up stealing the group and, and winning yeah. ultimately. But yeah, but like I'm, you said, with I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Arsenal is good because, you know, they, as you said, they have a few injuries. They're not so far this season. They, they haven't been as good as they were last season. Uh, and yet they're first of the group. They're holding up in England. So they're, you know, it's good to see a team like that that is not at its full potential, still still winning, you know, despite the struggles. There, there's like, you know, a solid team. That's that's good to see. Yeah. And you brought up Sevilla. It looks like uh maybe they're just trying to drop down to the Europa League since they're a little bit more comfortable with that league. It I, seems like. I had that joke with the friends. It's just it's just a plan. They don't try to, you know, escape the group that's just trying to go down in Europa mm-hmm. League and then winning all let's let's just get third place. That's where they're that's where yeah. their mind's at. Um I mean they're although, they won although last I, year. Yeah, although Eindhoven is still, they have the same amount of points as Sevilla, so that it's might true. be a danger. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about PSV. They kind of have gone under the radar with, with this uh, group. Um, but moving on to Group C, I think this one kind of, there's not really a whole lot to go with Group C. It's uh, Real Madrid and sitting at first place with nine points and Napoli uh, sitting at second with six, yeah. followed by Braga and and Union Berlin, unfortunately, with uh, Berlin, um, they were a really gr- great story in the Bundesliga last year. Yeah, uh, I think they were in Bundesliga B two seasons. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And it's like uh, it's a it's a huge club in Germany in terms of history. But 
they kind of dropped down, you know, at that period of football when all small clubs that used to be good, they dropped down. Uh, it's like the, the the popular club, you know, besides the Hertha Berlin. And yeah, they came back in Bundesliga 1 and uh, they had a fantastic season last year. They were uh, a title contender until the very last games. And I don't know, I'm not surprised they're ending up hard in the group because they have Napoli, they have Madrid, so these are teams they can't beat on the paper. And they lost some players uh, comparing to last year. So it's just, I mean, I would have been happy to see them getting a few points. Maybe that will happen in the second phase. Uh, but yeah, it's not that much of a surprise, you know, they're, they're, for the small club they are, and, and they're just getting back on top of, of Germany. Uh, and this season is quite hard so far. It's not as good as last, last year. Uh, it's just, you know, Europe with a group in Madrid and Napoli is just too big of a step for them. Yeah, it's uh, it is unfortunate. It would be nice to see them pick up a few points and maybe uh advance to the Europa League because I think at they, least at they, least they have. I know they have uh Brendan Aronson from uh, yeah. the United States, and then they they picked up a transfer from Milan. I want to say I'm blanking on the name, but I want to say like a big name free agent uh moved over to Berlin. So um. You know, if they could just stay in some European competition, that would be pretty cool. It's it's not over because they, you know, Braga three points and Berlin are zero. So with one win against Braga, they could be back. Uh, but the problem is that is Madrid and Napoli. I'm not yeah. saying Braga could be them too, but uh, you know, Braga still has uh more chance to maybe get one point from Napoli, which is uh, the weakest team between Madrid and them, uh and, and, and Napoli. Uh but yeah the, the thing is that even if you beat Braga you gotta I don't know you gotta manage to get one point in Madrid or in Napoli. That's the problem. Yeah it's gonna be tough but I think we're both in agreement that Madrid and Napoli are gonna advance. I think oh, maybe yeah, Madrid yeah, wins yeah, the group. Obviously. Yeah. And now uh, Group D. Group D is probably one of the more interesting ones as far it's as... the just... most surprising one. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Sociedad sitting at first with, I think, a, maybe a by tiebreaker. I'm not sure. Goal differential. But uh, yeah. Sociedad is sitting at seven. Inter Milan, seven. And then RB Salzburg, three points. And Benfica, which has kind of been shocking that they have zero points because they were they they qualified all the way to the semi or quarterfinals last season. And, Benfica and is a I'm not following the Portuguese championship. I don't know what happened and who are the teams on top. Uh, but yeah, Benfica from the European level, they're always in the group phase. They're always escaping the group phase. They don't even go to the Europa League. Uh, and they always a tricky team to play in the first uh, elimination round. So it's quite a surprise to see them with zero points, especially with a group where, you know, apparently the only threat is Inter Milan. You know, Salzburg should be easy for Benfica. Uh, but yeah, they are uh, last with no points. And and Sociedad is, uh, is quite a surprise. I'm not following enough of the Spanish championship, but I know they're playing quite well this season. And, you know, seeing them racing up against Milan with a better goal differential, that's, uh, that's quite interesting. What will be interesting to see uh, is um, if they manage to get out of the group, which should be all right, uh, how they're going to play in the elimination run, you know? Can they be a threat for... You know, um, uh, not the you know the top teams of Europe, but you know a mid club like maybe Madrid, who's this season is not the you know the best team in the, in the Spanish Championship. Uh, if they face them later, uh, because they can't face them uh, right away after the group. Um, uh, but you know, 
mid-Italian teams or mid-Germany teams or even French teams, uh, it would be interesting to see what Sociedad can do. 100%. And I really like Oriol's um, ball and um, Kubo, I think, uh, the Japanese yeah. player. They've both been playing pretty well for them on the attacking end. So uh, I think ultimately they probably going to still win this group at first. And then Milan, like you said, uh, just the two. It's just yeah. hard to hard to see them fact, fall out. In fact, my line is just as the only non-surprise result in the club. They, are, they have as many points as the first and they are second and they're just, you know, sitting quietly in the second place and just waiting for the end of the group getting the points. So. Yeah, and I mean, they made it all the way to the final last year, so it's hard to see them yeah. not advance through, whether they yeah. win the group or get in second. But um, that's definitely a group we got to keep an eye out for. Group E, uh, this one is probably one of the groups that, is least um what's the word i'm thinking of least expected. entertaining yeah expected yeah. too uh because uh feyenoord sitting at first place they were they won the uh erie divisi last year i think yeah i think they won last year yeah. and then uh atletico madrid sitting right behind them at five points feyenoord was six uh lazio four and celtic one um i think lazio they uh they escaped with a point in the first game yeah. the goalkeeper heather just to barely yeah, it was amazing against yeah, Madrid. It was amazing. But and yeah, um, Lazio is not it's not a surprise, you know. They have four points, which is good, only one behind Madrid. It's it's incredible because so far, like in terms of points, every team can still win the group. Even Glasgow, uh, they are five points away, which is a lot, but they're you know, they have enough games to come back if they want any of the tools. And Lazio, they're just two points away from the lead and one point away from Madrid. So that's a tough group. Uh, Feyenoord, is, is it surprising? I don't know, because, uh, you know, the three top uh, Dutch teams, Feyenoord, Ajax and, and PSV, they always have, always have every season. They have young players that are coming from the formation center. And they are always tricky to play because they are they have good coaches, good young players. They're always interesting to see them play and playing against them. So being first in front of Madrid with one more point, yes, this is surprising. But being in the you know in the race for the first place and the qualification, I'm not surprised that much. Yes, I mean. You got to be a good team to win your league, no matter what yeah. the league is. So, um, definitely going to give them credit there. And Madrid being or Atletico Madrid being who they are, I imagine they're going to do enough to qualify for the the group stage. Um, they didn't last year. They were in, I think they were in that group of death with uh, Milan, Inter yeah. Milan, and someone else in Barca. So, um, they kind of got a lucky roll this year, so to speak. Um, group F. Speaking of group of deaths, though, group of F, group F is the group of death this year. PSG sitting at first with sixth place. Dortmund four points. Milan four points. And I'm sorry, Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. And then Milan sitting at last with two points. Um, it's pretty. It's tight for the most part. Um, I think PSG is ultimately going to win that group. The only bad result they had was going up to Newcastle. So they don't have to go up there anymore and, you know, deal with the cold weather, the rain and everything. So I think they're in the driver's seat to win the group. Uh, you, I don't know how much you, of them you've watched this season, but I kind of like. I'm not sure they're going to win. 
Really? Okay. They, um, first of all, in France, they are struggling. Uh, despite you know having wiping out all the the star players they used to have, you know, to kind of build from the ground around Mbappe and and, and the new coach, they are struggling in France. Uh, there are many teams that are uh, a threat to them, and they're not they are not leading the league. Um, and you know Dortmund is playing well this season, especially in Europe, Newcastle. Even though they don't have to go in England anymore, they have to face Newcastle and Paris. Uh, and Milan, Milan is going to be hard too. So even though they are the worst team in the group so far, uh, no, nothing says that Milan will stay with that kind of form and uh, that they will not come back, you know. So I'm not sure PSG is going to win the group. And even if they win, it won't, I mean, it's not going to be... Uh, a memorable group campaign for them you know it's not uh i was um you know when they made the draw for the group they had like you know statistics like from you know the bookmakers and all of those people and the prediction was that among the four the, the four team of the groups uh psd was the land the the one was the least chances to win the group they had like 26 percent chances to win the group behind all the other three teams and I was kind of surprised. And then when I saw the first game in, in, in the French division and in Europe, I was not surprised anymore about that because in the end, they're not playing very well. They still have many adjustment, adjustments to make between all the players. Uh, Dembele is a bit disappointing. Colum one is very much disappointing compared to what, what he was doing in, in Frankfurt. So I'm not sure PSG is going to win. And even if they win the group, uh, they have so many things to settle and, and fix before advancing in, in the next phase of the Champions League. While we're on the topic of uh, PSG, just real quick, I wanted to ask your opinion on uh, some of these young guys that were coming in. Um, blanking on his name. I'm, I'm trying to pull up that lineup from the game. Uh, yeah, Zaire Emery. He played pretty yeah. well, and he's yeah. like 17, 18, I think. This is, this is what we want to see from PSG. You know, you're not winning the Champions League by just uh, putting the money. Uh, look at City. You know they had the money, but they, they like they created a process. They recruited young players. You know when they recruited like Leroy Sané, no nobody no knew about him, and he grew up in City. Or even though he left before the Champions League, you know that's the kind of process they have. So many young players that came in City when they were still like kind of unknown players in Europe, and they they weren't worth that much of money. And they took like 10 years to win the Champions League. Even Pep Guardiola, you know, the man, maybe the best coaches to coach to win the Champions League, he didn't have any, you know, he was out of solution at a point. So when you see what Manchester City do, the time it took and the amount of setting and adjustments it took, you can't win the Champions League like PSG is trying to do with just putting Messi, putting Neymar, pulling the money on every player every summer. And expect them to win at the first season, like firing, firing, uh, you know, firing coaches every year. You need to let the time to the coach to adapt to the team, build something. You can't expect a coach to win the Champions League in one year uh, with that kind of team and superstar. So I'm quite happy they, you know, they they fired all the player. Uh, they tried the new coach, and they also going with young players. They're trying to develop. That's the, that's the kind of process they need to go through. Um, now there is many many adjustments as I say and many things to fix before being able to be you know consistent and a dominant team but on the paper it looks good on the pitch not not so good for the moment but on the paper it's promising 
Now, uh, we were talking about how Dortmund and Newcastle are tied at four piece. Do you think that the loss of Sandro Tonali with the, the whole betting situation, the gambling, do you think that will, how big of an impact will that face? How, how big will that impact them in the Champions League, at least, do you think? That's always complicated to to know it's whenever something happened in the locker room like that it's you never know how much of an impact it can have on the team um but in the case of Newcastle it just looks like it's just one player it's not you know things like we saw last year with the Juventus where it was the you know the entire board of direction that was into weird stuff of money so I don't know. I think it will have less impact if it's like directly the club and the board members who are involved or if it's like many players, like apparently it's just one player. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm think, I think it, it's not going to have that much of an impact at a point it can ruin the entire season or at least the first half of the, of the season until December. So, we'll see. Yeah. Um. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how this group plays out because all all four teams are are worthy candidates and uh, with that's, Newcastle, that's the thing. You know, no mm-hmm. team really deserves to get out of the group without even going in the Europa League. Even Milan, if they ended up with that not that much amount of points, which means they played kind of bad. You know, the performances they are doing since last season in Italy means that they're still a good team. So it's just that you know, you don't want to see a team get out of the group but you have to you know you have to leave one and and send one in Europa League because it's so much fun seeing Dortmund and Newcastle playing you know I love especially Newcastle they being it's there's so much energy in the stadium and with the players so yeah you know as you said every team is is worthy to at least go in the Europa League so who do you who do you think is going to be the two teams that advance through the Champions League this is very personal, but I'd like to see Newcastle because I love the project they have and and, and the energy. So I think they really deserve to go in the next uh, phase. So I'd go with Newcastle, but, you know, it's no analytics or it's just that I really will see them succeed in the next round. Newcastle. And then um, did you say PSG as well? Or did you say Dortmund? Um, yeah, I'll keep... I'll keep if I put Newcastle second, I'll keep PSG first, uh, not Dortmund. Uh, it would be amazing, uh, you know, an amazing of a surprise and incredible for the entertainment to see the PSG in Europa League, uh, and also not exciting the next phase of the Champions League. But in that case, if I say Newcastle, yes, that means that Dortmunds go through the Europa League. I I'm actually gonna have to agree with you there, every single point there, because I think PSG is just gonna win. I think they're you know pretty loaded with the talent um and then uh Newcastle I think they're going to edge out Dortmund both teams have an in- incredible uh home stadium environment but uh yeah. the St. St. James's Park you know being up in in England and um you know it's cold it can be rainy there's that saying um, that they always say like a cold rainy day and- yeah and I've watched the game against PSG it was the atmosphere you know on any action, like, you know, random action, you just have, like, for example, a Newcastle defender who steals the ball from Mbappe and put it in a corner kick. And it's just, you know, waving at the fans and the stadium answers just uh, so amazing to see. And these fans are so deprived from European competition. So so they're just going to bring that energy every single opportunity because yeah. they don't know yeah. when the next time they're going to play European games will be. So I would agree with that. Um, Group G, I, I don't even know if we need to 
you know, say much about Group G. It's Manchester City, RB no Leipzig, surprise. yeah, Young Boys, and uh, I'll let you. I don't know how to say this. Uh, Serbian team. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's the yeah the Red Star Belgrade. Uh, yeah. They you know City they have my they are all nine points. Uh, Leipzig second with six points. The only three point missing is the one against City. Uh, Young Boys. Uh, way behind with five points and then the Red Star background last with 1.2. No surprise. Uh, you know, City first with all the points. Leipzig second was just the win missing against City and then that's the hierarchy we need to see in that group. I can't believe that I didn't even realize that that was Red Star Belgrade. It's just, I guess, the translation on my paper was a... Uh, it was in yeah, the you my... know, original Serbian. Oh, okay, right, right. But no, yeah, I, in, I, in that case, it's all right. It's all right in that case. <laughs> I, I would agree. I would agree with you that I mean, it's like you said, Leipzig's only points that they dropped was against Manchester City, and that's to be expected. They lost seven to seven to one, I think. In uh, yeah, City in, was I, here <laughs> to just yeah, destroy was, them. <laughs> yeah, that was. I remember I went to go get some some lunch or dinner with my dad and my brother, and it was nil nil. And then I, I was like, let me just check the, the score real quick. And it was like Erling Holland has five goals. I'm just like, what the <laughs> hell? Not to you know, he's pretty incredible. So and and Pep him. and Pep took him out only for them for him to not be messy. Messi's record. <laughs> I think Pep, Pep, you know, despite Holland still playing, Pep has a sweet spot for Messi in his heart because they obviously he's a product from Barcelona. So it was funny though they they asked him about yeah. that Ballon d'Or and he was like, Messi's worst season is everyone else's best. So, um, I think Messi ultimately will end up winning the Ballon d'Or. That that's a completely we'll different see. Maybe have the time to talk about it in the, the end, at the end of the year. So yeah, let's. It's, uh, it's soon. It's 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 in a few weeks now. So. But the the last group, uh, this one also is is pretty straightforward. It seems like uh, Group H, uh, Barcelona nine points, Shakhtar six points, Porto three points, Antwerp zero. Um, I think we're probably both in agreement that Barca is going to win the group. Yeah, but it's a bit like think... uh, it's a bit like City's group. You know, no real surprise. Uh, Barcelona being the strongest team, obviously. Uh, Porto um, being the second good team. They're always good in Europe. Donetsk is a is always a hard team, a tricky team to play, especially when we go out here. Uh, but, you know, with the current situation in Ukraine, and it's obvious that it's not the, the Donetsk we are used to seeing in the previous years in Europe. So, uh, But, you know, the hierarchy, again, just like City's group is respected, uh, with Porto and Dionis being like the second and third best team in the group, Royal Antwerp, uh, you know, small Belgian team, so it's already incredible to see them in the Champions League. So, uh, hope for them to get you know one or two points before the end, but no real surprise. And I think for Barcelona, tell me if you agree, but you know they had some terrible years in the last two or three season. It's the first time they like getting back in the Champions League with some chances to go a bit far, like not in the final, but maybe to see the quarterfinals. Uh, this group is kind of a test for them, especially Porto, you know, with the new team, with the new players and all uh, the young players they have. It feels like a test, so it's like reassuring and good to see them first with all the points. Yeah, I agree. I mean, last year, I felt like last year was my first real year paying that closely to all the competitions and just the sport in general. 
But like you said, it, it really feels like since, um, you know, unfortunately that that Bayern Munich game, it seems like since then, uh, Barcelona hasn't really been able to kick it into gear when it comes to the Champions League. They've kind of been in a little bit of a rebuilding process, shuffling around managers, yeah. trying to move on from Messi and whatnot. So uh, they feel like they're in a really good spot. Unfortunately, they're suffering from uh, seems like a handful of injuries, like Pedri's injured, De Jong is injured. Yeah, uh, and they, if you watch some games they're playing in the in, in the Liga, they still have some adjustments. Like you feel like it's not they're not playing at their best level. They still have some potential, and there's some room for improvement. But they already playing better than they were last year, uh, and you feel like you know the chemistry and 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 the coach's tactics are coming into the the sport where you know Xavi wants to put them and Ter Stegen is having great season. Lewandowski is, is you know I think he's a bit better than he was last year. You know he's fitting more with the team now after a year of rotation, and uh, the young players are finally getting started to play at the level they are expecting to play so you know there are really some good signs of uh improvement and encouragement since uh last season and yeah i think you know the rebuilding process is, is in a is in a very good way for, for barcelona definitely and now i just wanted to ask you grand like the whole entire tournament if you had to pick right now who you think is going to win who would you say city city yeah, they just look so strong. I I would have I would be tempted to say Bayern because our offense is just fire, but we're taking too many goals. Like our defense is still weak from last year. In the Bundesliga, we don't have one weekend without taking a goal. Uh, and in the Champions League too. I mean, we took a goal at Copenhagen, and we won just by one goal. Like we were almost uh near for just. Uh, coming back with the draw against Manchester they were not got that good but we still took three goals and we had to you know score a lot in order to get to win that game in Galatasaray we also took a goal uh this week so we are taking too many goals and even in the Bundesliga so that's the reason why I'm not saying Bayern despite the the fire offense and the great midfielder um for for example last year against City defense is what cost us the game uh, we had we made too many mistakes and we were just too weak against players like Haaland and and the perfectly played system of Guardiola. So I'm saying City because that's just the most solid team right now. Hard to go against them. They've been, I mean, they're the reigning champion after all. Now going back to Byron though, real quick, what's the uh situation, the goalkeeper situation? Is Neuer is is he gonna be healthy again so, this year? Yeah, so this summer we signed a third goalkeeper, uh Daniel Peretz. He's uh Israeli. He was playing for uh Tel Aviv. Um I didn't knew about him, so it looks it looks all right. Uh, he played in, in the German Cup, so apparently uh he's just playing in the German Cup so far and he's still uh Ulreich playing in the in the championship. Um so yeah, Neuer. Uh, apparently he is like he's he's alright. He's healthy. Uh, he's you know he came back to the training with the the rest of the the team and the goalkeepers for many weeks now. Uh, but from what the team said, he still need needs um you know a few weeks to be perfectly able to come back. So I think we'll still have to wait a month to see him come back and 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 maybe we'll be first in the Bundesliga before in the Champions League, before the Champions League, you know. I think if if Neuer can get back to the form he had 
you know, before the World Cup and just the Neuer we're used to. I think yeah, Bayern yeah. can very well compete with City. I think it's it's really the usual suspects. It's going to be Manchester City. It's going to be Bayern Munich. It's going to be Real Madrid. Those are going to be like the three heavy favorites. I think, especially yeah. with the way Jude Bellingham has been playing for Madrid. I I can't can't I can't count them out. It's, just yet. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, and Madrid. You know, we talked about that so many times last year in the podcast. But when comes the Champions League, Madrid is a different team. So I always count, you know, on them. Even though this year they look just weaker than last year, but. We never know, as you said, you know, you can't count Madrid out. But yeah, Bayern will see if Neuer's, I think it will be, he'll come back healthy, you know. It's not the first time he's going through a huge injury and he always came back. Uh, also, he's almost like Robocop at a point, you know, <laughs> with all the, the injuries he had. Um, and, uh, but, you know, again, you know, my thing with Bayern is that the defense is still weak. Uh, you know, Upamecano and Delict, they are playing better than last season. Delict is way stronger than he was last season. He's, Improving at such a you know such an amazing speed, um, we recruited uh, um, uh, that I'm always forgetting his name. Kim Min Jae, yeah, Kim Min Jae from from Napoli. Uh, he's been amazing. You know, he's so solid and aggressive. Sometimes too much aggressive. So he also brought some solidity to defense, but also the room for changes because last season we only had basically Upamecano and Delhi. So whatever happened, we were forced to keep them because they were like the best defender we had and even though it was not working we still had to go with the Pamecano and Delict and now the coach is you know for example last week it was Delict and 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 Kimin Jay and at the beginning of the season it was Pamecano and Kimin Jay so we're switching we're adjusting so that's better but still I think we still have too many weakness in in defense uh, to be able to beat a team like City now, one last question for you. Uh, Liverpool is playing in the Europa League. Yeah. Do you think there's any other team that can compete with them if they're, you know, putting out their best lineup? Um, we have to look at the teams that are in the Champions League. Uh, like, you know, maybe... That's true. Maybe, I forgot. We got to wait. Maybe, until... maybe Dortmund and Newcastle. Um, there's always Sevilla, and... too. Yeah, and Sevilla, <laughs> I think these are the three teams that can face in Manchester United too. Like these are the three or four teams that can face Liverpool, uh, compete truly against them in the in the in the Champions League. But in the current Europa League, I don't know. They're just they're just too good for for the Europa League right now, and it's uh and it's cool to see them playing at that level. And they had a, I mean, you tell because you had a Liverpool fan, but they had quite a. Um, Mid-season last year, it was not at the best. So, yeah, I think I think they're a good way to to go to go all the way in the Europa League. Yeah, I think what ultimately will decide it too is like, say it's the Europa League comp or quarterfinals, and they're playing someone, but then the game of the over the weekend is against like Manchester City or Arsenal. Like, like Klopp is not going to play his his best lineup if they they have yeah. that big of a league game coming up. So it all depends on the way the schedule falls too. Um, yeah, and they they had the chance to win the Europa League a few years ago. Uh, I remember that game against Sevilla, Dortmund. right? Yeah, against Dortmund. Uh, comeback. Yeah, the comeback in the Anfield. Uh, and they had the chance to win, but Sevilla was too strong. Uh, and then they went on winning the Premier League, winning the Champions League, and now they're back in the Europa League. And it was already Klopp when they lost against Sevilla, so maybe mm -hmm. uh, Klopp will want to have some have a revenge, even though it's not Sevilla in front of them. So uh, why not?
I think that was Klopp's first year too, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So uh, hopefully, you know, we can come full circle and get a trophy this year, since yeah. um, you know, it's going to be tough to win the champ or the win the Premier League with the way Spurs have been playing, Manchester City has been playing, Arsenal's been playing. It's going to be a tight race down to the end. I'm um, having said all that. Um, Evan, it's been great having you back on the podcast. Hopefully, we can have you again. A pleasure soon. Yeah. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. All right, cool.